Hello, and welcome to the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. We're in Romans. Last week, we talked about some of the harshest words in Scripture. Those uh, haunting words where Paul rebukes someone who might be complaining that God's will is irresistible and why should anybody be found fault with? And he just essentially says, uh, first off, I mean, he answers his, this whole series of chapters is his answer, but first off, he just puts us in our place. It's like, um, we don't get to judge. And so what I want to do is I want to continue this this portion of scripture. As you're reading through Romans 9 through uh, 11, you'll see very often Paul will pause to say, what shall we say then? Or you'll say this to me or something like that. And he's giving these natural breaks in his line of thinking where he says, I've made my point here. I anticipate you'll respond like this there, and then I'll continue on with my answer there. And so there's natural breaks in the the uh, in the logic and how he's writing. And so we haven't come to a natural break yet. Um, in fact, it's going to continue on. And so I'm going to read starting in verse 22 and continue on to the end of verse 29. And this is just one extended section. And what's going to happen is in this section, he's going to use some scripture verses to make plain the case that God um, does rule over human hearts and that he bears patiently with objects of wrath so that he can display his 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 power to objects of uh, glory or mercy, you could say, because he's Previously, he'd said, you know, I have a hardened who I want to harden, and I'm mercy on who I want to mercy. And the hardened, hardened are the objects of wrath. The, the uh, mercy receivers are the objects of glory. And so he goes on from here. This is verse 22. He says, what if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy. There we go. Vessels of mercy. Paul said it right the first time. I didn't have to explain it. Which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. As indeed he says in Hosea, those who were not my people, I will call my people. And her who is not beloved, I will call beloved. And the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there you will be, they will be called the sons of the living God. And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth fully and without delay. And as Isaiah predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. And then the next verse begins with a, what should we say then? So that's a natural verse break. So I'm just going to end it there. So this whole passage here is um, explaining God's sovereignty over, um, over people and people groups for salvation, for um, uh, bringing about uh, the, the human history that he wills. And I've been saying along, as we've been re- looking at this passage, the major burdens that I see and hear of this passage, what Paul's trying to prove is, number one, God's word is true. It hasn't been broken, even though the promised people, Israel, en masse, are not turning to Christ, but are, um, by and large, unbelieving. And number two, that 
a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the full number of the Gentiles come in. And number three, that God is glorious and all things are from him and through him and back to him. And nobody can uh, compare with God. Nobody can judge God. All are called to just humbly bow down to him. These are the three burdens of this passage here, uh, of this these chapters. And so, um, how does this connect? Okay, so Paul is now going to quote two, sorry, three scripture verses to back up his claim that God has the right to make out of one lump um, vessels for glory, vessels of mercy, and vessels of wrath. Because he's the potter, he has the right to do this, and the pottery doesn't have the right to complain. And so here are some of his um, verses from Scripture where he sees this going on. So he says, Indeed, God says in Hosea, Those who are not my people, I will call my people. And her who is not beloved, I will call beloved. In this very place where it was said to them, You are not my people, they will be called the sons of the living God. So here, as I understand it, Paul is talking about the inclusion of the Gentiles. It says here, Uh, In verse 24, even us whom he called from the Jews only, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. So these are the objects of mercy, the objects of glory. They're not just from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. And so he quotes Isaiah and Isaiah, God is speaking to Isaiah says, look, there have been people who are not my people. There have been people who are not my beloved for a long time. And I rule over this. The Gentiles have not been my people en masse. You know, there have been choice Gentiles who are come to faith and serve the living God. But by and large, they don't come. But he prophesies through Hosea, there's going to be a time when these people who are not my people, they're going to be called my people. And these people who are not my beloved, they're going to be called my beloved. And these people who are not my people will be called the sons of the living God. And this is the Gentiles. And so Hosea is ultimately prophesying this New Testament era, the beginning of the New Testament era, when some Jewish people are going to come to faith, and so the gospel's going to be locked into Jerusalem for decades, but pretty quickly after Christ returns to heaven, the gospel's going to break out and head throughout the world and is going to be bringing Gentiles by the millions into the kingdom. And so this is a prophecy about these times. Here are the Gentiles. They're not God's people. That's Israel. They're not the Jews. They're not God's people. And yet here we are, God's people. How does this happen? Well, for many reasons, but um, from God's perspective, it it comes from the fact that he has formed uh, people among the Gentiles to be the objects of his mercy. And because he's the potter, he has the right to, for a long time, just not have a large scale turning to the Lord, but then to say, at a time, now is the time, and they're going to be coming in droves because I've created them for this. Uh, Now's the time. And God has the right to form these vessels for mercy. And so here is the word of God being upheld by the word of God, that God has the ability to say there's going to be a time when they're coming in like fish in a net, and a net so strained that it's breaking. And so this upholds these facts. God is God, and he is deserving of worship. The word of God is not broken, even though people, uh, the Israelites, aren't coming in en masse. And here's another scripture that isn't broken. God's saying, look, there's going to be a time when the Gentiles just come in like crazy. 
and I'm God, and I'm ruling over this stuff. And number two, explaining a partial hardening has come on Israel until the full number of Gentiles come in. And so Paul is seeing that there's this massive time in human history where the Gentiles are coming in because there's a number that God has. I don't know exactly, you know, what the number is exactly. Nobody knows. But God's saying, look, there, there is a, a, a quantity of Gentiles, people from every tribe and tongue and nation who... Um, Christ deserves to have as the reward for his sufferings. And so now is the time that they're coming in for millennia. They did not come in en masse. For thousands of years, they didn't come in en masse. But now is the time when the Gentiles are coming in because the potter has the right to make out of a, vest, out of a lump of clay what he wants. And then he goes on and says, and Isaiah cries out concerning Israel. So notice the note change. It was the Gentiles, those who are not my people, now call my people. Now looking at Israel, though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth fully and without delay. And as Isaiah predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. So here are two scriptures, both from Isaiah, that prominent prophet, um, saying that God has left a remnant of Israel. So predicting this time, um, that it was in history as well, but predicting a time where um, Israel would just be, be, the only thing left of Israel would be what God kept for himself, this remnant. If God had not, uh, God's saying like, that only remnant will be saved for the Lord will carry his sentence upon the earth fully. So here's this idea of wrath coming on the earth and wrath, vessels of wrath being among Israel and only the vessels of mercy being the remnant who are left, so a small amount. And then Paul wants to take it a bit further because that doesn't sound like God's initiative is in there anywhere. And so now Isaiah says, if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom, become like Gomorrah. So Isaiah is predicting that the difference between the rem- there being a remnant and no remnant is actually God's activity. God had not left us offspring. So God has chosen as the potter who has the rights to make what he wants to out of clay for there to be offspring left, for there to be a remnant. And so these, as I understand it, Paul is seeing that these are verses that look to the day of the partial hardening of Israel happening in the New Testament time. And yes, it happened in the Old Testament time as well with the judgment on Jerusalem, but there's like a more, like a second fulfillment or an ultimate fulfillment in here. And so what Paul is building, he's building this case that the different, that that God has this people who are his vessels of mercy, both from the Gentiles. For a long time, there were almost none, but now they're coming in like droves. And from Israel, even though at this period of time, um, it's God's activity that's keeping any vessels of mercy and that there are vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. And that all underneath all of this is God fulfilling his word according to his will. So none of this stuff is easy. It's not easy emotionally. It's not easy intellectually. It's not easy spiritually. But um, we live in a world where the God of the universe is infinitely big and wise and powerful. This is what Paul's going to get to at the end of chapter 11, just worshiping him. And he's fulfilling his plan, fulfilling his word in, in, in the way that, you know, he, according to his own wisdom. And so that this kind of stuff needs to be dealt with, like how does God's will and human will interact? And so um, as I think we're going to go on here, we'll see that, you know, yeah, they, they're both there. But underneath human willing is God's willing. 
And so when, when things like this, when the conflict happens, how can anybody, God find fault with anybody if, if God's will is irresistible? Um, that is not like a, uh, an argument that wins points in heaven. Uh, God is the potter. He has the right. And at this point in time, or in, in the writing of the New Testament, it was the time when the Gentiles were going to become objects of mercy like crazy because they hadn't been for millennia. And the Israelites have a remnant left, but en masse, they're not coming. And God is God over all of this stuff. And as Paul's going to continue his argument from there, we'll see this answer fleshed out more. But he's trying to explain that a partial hardening has come upon Israel in the first century. And I'm not talking and thinking at all about current stuff. So if you can just bear with me in that. The Gentiles are coming in en masse. God is God all over all of this stuff. His word is not broken. In fact, he prophesied that these days would come upon us. And he is glorious and awesome and independent from human need and judgment and all of this. So be blessed. Thank you.